Ah, close to retirement, or retired already? Time to live the good life, right? Well, you're no longer earning money. You're now withdrawing money each month. And your broker is also withdrawing each month from your account as much as 2 to 3%. And if the market drops, your broker continues to withdraw. Wait a minute. How do we navigate these challenges? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Hey, welcome <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm Eric Pallaby. Oh, it's a, already a long day. We're talking about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing your money, planning for the future. You know, what is that all about when it ta- <laughs> during these turbulent times? Uh, well, I can give you one conclusion that's for sure. The state of California is done. It's lost with all of the efforts that uh, the Trump parades, boat parades, uh, car parades, uh, with that energy, that focus, one of two things is true. First of all, either those in Southern California and Northern California that that were emotionally involved, right, pretty hardcore about the Trump parades and that involvement, that energy, either some of them were lying. That means they were just pretending to be in the boat parade, were just pretending to support them as they honked the horns of their cars and their trucks. Or, remember, there's almost always an or, or there might have been some fraud. Dun, dun, dun. Could that be? Could it be that some of the tricks and scams and sneaky stuff behind the scenes? I don't mean California should have flipped to President Trump. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you have uh, two out of three votes in the state going to Biden with that kind of energy, eh, I'm kind of surprised. I think something's wrong somewhere. I don't know. But all that to say, you know, they're not going to change it. It's the way it is. The conclusion we can draw Pretty darn clear that we have an issue. California is done. Between the uh, the uh, district attorney, right, the California district, uh, L.A. County district attorney, between the uh, California propositions, okay, you know, a couple of good ones uh, passed or didn't pass, whatever we needed them to do. But where do you see the biggest issue, in my opinion? It's the behind the scenes that's happening for most people. Right. You, me and others, for most of us, expect zero improvements anytime soon in California. That means this. That means you're going to see taxes raised through the roof. They're going to continue to do it. They're going to instead of charging taxes or fines or or fees, they're going to call them assessments. Right. An assessment. There's still a super majority. California state legislature. Governor and everybody else that works for the state are all one political party. 
I don't care where you are. When you're one political party, you still have to fight something. It might be shadows. It might be uh, your own people. But everybody, there's this conflict that has to always be, I don't know, is that Hamlet, uh, Shakespeare, somewhere in there? There's always this conflict that has to occur. And when you take a look at the state of California and you look at the financial impact, they're going to fight somebody who? They're going to turn left. They're going to turn right. Well, the, the billionaires and, and men and women worth hundreds of millions, they've sided with that group because I believe they think that they are not going to be targeted. That's it. Right? They used to support the Republican, remember? Democrat, working man, union, Republican. Oh, that greedy banker, person down the street with more cars than they can drive at one time, so they must be sneaky, right? I mean, you follow me? So that, that's really the, the, the push, the direction, where you're seeing more and more people behind the scenes, I, I think, pushing for California to fall off the edge. Uh, of course, it's not going to fall into the ocean. My oceanography teacher in college uh, made that clear. But it did tell me this, that there's no hope. Logic will not prevail Mathematics will not prevail when it comes to somebody like the state of California. So what do we see? Well, we see people leaving. You've heard me say that, 1,896. Now, that was the previous number. Today, I think it's going to be greater. That number was 2019's num- or 2018's number released in 2019. So it's lost all sense. And because there has to be this fight, this friction... And there's this always this settlement in between. Instead of it's the left and the right, it's the left and the far left. That's why California is, has an accelerated push towards the far left, where they're going to tax you if you look like you have more money, except if you're Nancy Pelosi. Right? They're going to tax you as if, except if, if you are Dianne Feinstein. They're going to close down the bars and restaurants unless if you are Gavin Newsom. So behind the scenes, here's what we see. We see time and again, enough people are not going to have any kind of uh, component towards success. There's no pieces or parts that say, that say if you stay here, you have a chance to be successful through your retirement years. Except, except if you earn your money tax-free, if you have a house that is uh, a um, Prop 13 house, right? Meaning your property taxes are going to go up very, very slowly. If you know how to regulate your, your electric usage so you don't get into the next tier and start charging more. And remember, there is an increased amount of people that have solar. Now expect your solar energy to have an assessment on it. Right? Many of you are still part of the grid. You think you're giving money back, right? But, but you're not. They will now charge you an assessment. Just look back two years ago, three years ago, when all of a sudden you were making money, right? Or your solar was the dream and you high-fived each other and everybody was good. You were all making money. And now all of a sudden the state of California says, now we're going to charge an assessment. Like, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the process for the fee of the organization to update the systems of the grid. And, and you're going to look at them and you're going to nod. You'll furrow your brow because you're going to go, hmm. <laughs> maybe say a couple of things that sound reasonably intelligent, maybe even ask a question. And regardless of what they answer, you will go, okay. Because you're not going to move for $68 a month. You're not. 
but just go down the street between your house and the freeway and count how many $68 a month or $32 a month. And if they've wasted all of the money that they've made so far from the lotto, from your car registration, if they've wasted all of those funds from the sales tax, the property tax, do you not think they're going to be coming knocking again on your door? I'm sad because here's what happens. When, when, you, when you have a society where you purposely separate people, where you call them different names and you segregate them, then always there's going to be a victim and a perpetrator. There will always be. And it flips. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. It all depends on who has the power. Now, the left will tell you that white people have the power and black people don't. Well, I'd like to have some of the non-power of Oprah Winfrey or Michael Jordan or, or uh, oh, I know, uh, Magic Johnson. Or how about Kobe's widow, right? The lady who sued the poor man who, drew, who flew the helicopter. Sued his family. She's worth hundreds of millions, and she sued the man's family because she's entitled. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, it's it's for the right reasons. To discover the truth, the truth. Right? And those folks will, will whine and complain about racial injustice. And I, and I understand. I've been a part of it. Right? I have a funny name. Arif Halaby is not necessarily Joe Smith. Right? I, I look a little different, certainly a lot darker than my mom in the, in the summertime when I was a, ch- a child and played outside. And, and yet, we were raised differently. The kid across the street got a new bicycle for Christmas and his birthday every year for as long as I can remember. They had motorcycles and boats and RVs, and depending on the season, they rode their little dune buggies, and then it was hot, so they, they did their, their, uh, their boat, and they water skied, and then they had the houseboat. <clears throat> I got maybe one or two bikes. I don't know. Depends if you count the one that I built where I had to mow lawns. Not because we didn't have money. Our parents are, were amazing. We had all the food we needed, uh, shelter. My dad took care of people that had come from other countries, from Lebanon and from Iraq trying to to help them. I never looked across the street and said, wow, that that kid has something because he's dirty or bad or his dad is evil or his dad must have done something wrong. No, no, no. I looked at my dad and I said, what an honorable man. Do you see the difference? I didn't say this guy was dishonorable because I don't think that. I just thought, look at where my dad spent his time and money. Look at where my mom spent her time and money. That was for us. We were trained and taught that that was an honorable thing. You never looked at somebody who had something and thought that they were better or worse because they have it. Let's be clear on something. Hating your neighbor for what they have and thinking that they stole it from you is what's currently happening. That's the divisiveness. Right? Because here's what you do. You say, all right, I work hard and I'm a good person. I would bet if you stop 10 people on the street, nine of them would say that. I don't mean it would be true or not. I'm just saying they would say that. Yes, I work hard. I'm a good person. And then they look over there and that person's driving a nicer car, lives in a nicer house, takes nicer vacations, has a better cell phone, whatever. You are now being taught that if I work hard and I'm a good person and I have what I have, then the person over there must not work hard or must be a bad person. Because otherwise, I would have their things. 
I would have the same ideas. I would have the same success, financial or otherwise. And so there's this label that therefore they are bad, so you can do bad things to bad people. You can treat them poorly. You can cheat a little bit. You can lie a little bit. And when it comes to taxes, the left makes it very clear that their goal is to convince you that we're only going after them. Right? I've been saying this for 16 years now on the radio. I've been saying it this way, and it's, it makes a lot of sense. It kind of comes and goes in its, uh, in its impact, but now I think it's a really good impact. And here's what it is. They will put something on the ballot, or a politician will speak and says, we're not going to tax you. We're not going to tax the middle class. We're going to go after the rich people. They pay fair share, right? Fair share. Oh, fair share. You know, listen, I was taught in school to be fair. Fair is a good thing. My mom and dad said that. They never tell you what that means. So when they say, we think you should, and then the fair share, and you go, yeah, yeah, you know what? Go get those people. And we're only going to tax the rich. You're like, yeah, you go get them. And then you turn around, you look over your shoulder, and you say, whoa, 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 why are they coming after me with pitchforks and torches? What's the difference? Why is it that, quote, the fair share part of this equation? I agreed with that. But let me tell you, we have clients that make $40,000 a year and $40,000 a month and $40,000 a week. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Everybody thinks they're middle class. Everybody. I've yet to meet somebody, including somebody who is worth tens of millions, who thinks that they are upper class or the rich. They'll say, oh, we're comfortable. Yeah, we're comfortable. We might be more comfortable than most, but we're still middle class. Certainly upper middle class or lower middle class. Nobody thinks that they are the rich. And so when you think about this, what happens when, when the left goes after or when they put something and they talk about it's fair and the music and it's fair to, and they pay and fair and little children and an older lady's picking a flower and it's fair and we want to do everybody pays and we should make and don't let anybody cheat and it's just not the way America and there's a little sunrise and you have a fire truck going by and it's fair. And we all go, you know what? That's correct. We need to be fair. And then you get a California that falls off the cliff financially. That means most of you don't understand that the math does not work for this state to survive. It doesn't. It isn't. It's not going to. It's going to have to do some massive, massive changes. But Eric, this is a financial show. It is. Because when you're the last one holding any cookies at the end of the story, guess what? You're the one who has to feed everybody. Because there's an exodus because many of you stopped fighting. Now, maybe it's right or wrong to stop fighting. I don't know that. I don't know your personal situation. I don't know what your, your values are, your, your desires to change what for who. Some of you have grandchildren. Some have grandchildren that don't live here anymore. So you say, why are we doing this again? My grandchildren live in Tennessee or they live in Kansas or they live in Texas. Right? And you move. So a lot of you behind the scenes, when you take a look at the ballot measures, you take a look at the election here in Southern California. And I think people have given up. 
Everybody wants something that's fair. Everybody thinks it's somebody else's fault. And as long as we can demonize the other side, as long as we can make them seem unfair or ugly or mean. And then what? What do we forget about? Remember math. Because one plus one is two, whether you think it's four or whether you think one plus one is going to turn out to be nine someday. If you just close your eyes and think. Right. Think about the minuet and G. Remember that? The music man. If you just think about it, it's going to happen. Of course, he ended up with the USC band playing in the finale as if it was the townspeople. Maybe you'll have the USC band come and rescue you. I don't know. Maybe they'll rescue California. But when you have the evils of our society consistently going down and fighting and pushing and pulling and trying to pull this country into a, uh, into a place where only the super rich win, because that's really what happens, right? The George Soroses, the super rich, that, that's their story is to win. But do you really think, I mean, let's, th- let's think about this. Do you think the wealthier amongst us have their residence in California? Do you think their, their cars are registered in California? Do you think they have a vacation home here and their residence is in a state where they run their unearned income? Right, Because remember, there's two different types of income, earned and unearned. See, Florida was very smart. Florida said, hey, all of you from the, the northeast where it's cold and, and dark winters, come down to the south. And all of your income is unearned in- income because you're retired. So 401k, pension money, rental property, social security, you're not going to work for it. You've already worked for it. It's unearned income. So unearned income is taxed differently in many places than earned income. Certainly the federal government sees it that way. State governments doesn't, don't charge payroll taxes on it. That's why you'll see these tech billionaires will make 250000 a year and you know, $6 million in stock options because the stock options are unearned income. They're the perks. And so when those perks arrive, they are taxed how? Just as ordinary income tax based on where you live not where the company is located. So from behind the scenes, a lot of people push and pull and fight. And yet you realize that the ones that make the rules, that pay the money to push these ballot measures, to pay the money to push for candidates, you realize those people don't have to abide by the same rules that they require you to abide by. There are people out there, some of you, listen, if you're retired, now is the time. Start running for school board or city council. Now is the time to stand up to these bullies. Because that's what they are. They're bullies with the internet. They're bullies with social media. They're bullies with names. They call you bad names. They try to cancel you or dox you, right? Those things didn't even exist, those words. How long ago? Just a few years. Now they want these uh, Antifa, upper middle class, socially privileged white people to come to your house dressed all in black and they're brave in groups because now they know your home address and they intimidate you and your family and they scare you. Wait, doesn't that sound like 
the Democrats of the South? Except they had hoods on. They had white hoods. Today, these people have black hoods. Back there, they were afraid and intimidated the black population of the South. And today, they intimidate those that think and act differently than them. Huh. What's the common denominator? They're all Democrats. I don't mean liberal Democrats, right? Decent people. I don't mean that. These are the progressives. These are the hardcore. These are the ones that have chosen violence as a method. Some have paid with their life. Right? Some have paid with their life or certainly maiming by getting hit by cars. It's sad. They are somebody's child. And instead of the parents being able to enact, and maybe they did it in the school system under, under uh, bid the whole thing or, or certainly undercut it and came up with a greater influence. And so yet the parents tried their best and now these kids. So how will you pay the price? You're going to pay the price in California. So you need to plan. You need to prepare. Because whoever is going to lead this country in the next three, four, five, six, ten years of your retirement, regardless of who it is, you have to always plan to have some or part of your money safe. Keep it out of the market. Not all of it. Maybe you want to keep some? Good. But here's the rules about risk. It's simple. In the risk world, you take your age minus 100. And that is the amount of risk you should have. So if you are 60 years old, you should have 40% of your money at risk, 60% safe. Now, I didn't say 60% in bonds and 40% in stocks. Because our definition of safe is that money that never goes backwards. And bonds can go up and down in value, right? They can go up and down in price. So can gold. So can real estate, uh, stocks, ETFs, mutual funds. They can all go up and down in value daily, weekly, yearly. When we talk about safe, that 60% under that formula, it's simple. That's the amount that you keep out of market risk. You earn reasonable rates of return, 3 or 4% on average, sometimes 2, sometimes 0, sometimes 10, sometimes 12. Your average is between 3 and 6 or 4 and 8, kind of right in that window. If the purpose of the money is to be there for sure, then you have to put it in a place that will be there for sure. That's really the change. Remember, the purpose of your money, that determines the place of your money. The purpose of your money, the reason that you have it saved, right? The, the purpose of the money is to buy lunch tomorrow. Okay, well, that's the $20 in my pocket. So the place of my money is my pocket. The purpose is to buy lunch. I don't go buy lunch with the home equity line of credit. I don't go and buy lunch with, by withdrawing from my 401k for the day. So remember, if it's retirement money, if the purpose of the money is longer term retirement, the value is to sit there, to grow, to be a part of your future for the next go round, well then fantastic. I think you're going to see mostly across the board the value of the money over and over and over needing to have a guarantee, a protection. A value. That's really the only thing, in my opinion, that will give you long-term stability. Because that predictability with some potential gain for, for inflation, that's really the part of it, right? 888-99-RETIRE, 
888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. That's my, my number directly. And you want it and you need it for a couple of reasons. Because I think across the board, guys, you're going to need to have, oh, I don't know, some or part of your money away from the risk in the market. So I don't want you to have money at risk. I don't want you to have money where you're looking in the mirror and you say, gosh, it's too late. It's too bad. It's not going to be there when I need it. That's not cool. I think you should have many sources of income. I like five, five or six, seven or eight, something like that. I like that for retirement because in the world of retirement, if all of your eggs are in one basket, there could be a problem, just maybe, with one of those sources of income because that's what we see. We see a lot of the times people are putting all their eggs in one basket. They have their life set up to where they are worried about, oh, the stock market dropping and, and they or the real estate market changing or the rental market being frozen. All of those things lead to an unhappy retirement. It leads to a time in your life when there's stress, when there shouldn't be stress. You've already worked hard. You've already saved. Putting some or part of that away from the risk, putting some or part, part of that safe is what we do. I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. Stay with me as we continue in just a minute. On your place for news, talk, and information, the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. We'll be right back. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, folks. Welcome to the program, or thanks for staying with me, depending on if you're just joining us. Uh, look, a lot of you have come to us and asked, hey, listen, I'm not ready to just be done, retired from working, but the whole pandemic and COVID thing and the shifting of the jobs and working home and downsizing, a lot of this has changed jobs and industries from Disney down to your city-county job, from Boeing to... Uh, the jobs that you thought were the best at the school district that were safe, that were never going away. All of these jobs can go and come, you know, come and go. And, and with the pandemic, things have changed. If you have retirement questions, if you have old retirement accounts, if you have one that you'd just like a second opinion, something I can sit down, maybe I can help you. If I can, it'd be my pleasure. In fact, it'd be an honor because this is your life savings. And we respect that greatly. 888-99-RETIRE-888. 997-3847. TFS Financial Insurance Services, as we talk about your family's finances, and now you are retired or you're just about retired, maybe it's your decision or maybe not. There are a few things that you can do while you are retired to still earn extra money. I kind of like this to happen. Whenever I'm trying to save money in retirement or, or working with a client and we're saying, listen, you should still save money, put money aside. Don't spend 100% of what you make. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult to stay retired because there are going to be emergencies that come along. And you don't want to deplete your savings accounts, the, the emergency accounts, for that emergency and then not re replenish it. And then another emergency comes. And in other words, the withdrawals are just the one-way street. There are never any deposits going back into that account. Always plan to live on less than you make in retirement so that you can have money for emergencies, so you can enjoy life 
And maybe every three months you take a trip, you do something fun, so you've diminished the value of those uh, savings accounts, and you spent the next three months building it back up. Then you do something else. You spend the next three months building it back up, and you continue down that road so that you always have the freedom. The difference between what you make and what you spend, that's called lifestyle. The difference between what you earn or what you make from your retirement accounts and what you spend to live is the quality of life that you enjoy. Because everybody has food, shelter, clothing. Everybody needs to eat something, have some place to live. So whether you spend a lot or a little on those things, it comes in the front door and it goes out the back. It's gone. It's what you get to keep inside, inside that house, so to speak, inside that, that determines the quality of life. The purpose in retirement is not always about, I have to make at least this much because when I quit, when I retired, when I was forced out, I was making 60000 a year, so I'm not going to work for anything less than 60000 Well, that's just plain foolish. I may not tell you that to your face because mom taught me to be a polite person, but if you think that, that's beyond foolish. Well, that's what I was worth yesterday. Well, yeah, but you're not there at the same company. You're not doing the same thing. You, don't, you haven't proven yourself the same way. It's a completely different job. You see, it isn't the person or your history that determines the income. It doesn't. It's not the way it works. It's the job that determines the pay. So if I had the president of the United States working at a Wendy's or a McDonald's or a Jack in a Box, you realize that that job pays what that job pays. It doesn't matter if you're a mother of four, if you're a single dad. It, nothing matters to the job because it has a value. Oh, but that you can't live on minimum wage. You're right. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to be a college student or a retiree who is using this to supplement their income or get out of the house or to be around people. The purpose of a lot of these jobs that I'm going to go over with you are not designed to raise a family of six. You're foolish if you think that. Well, Eric, that's all she's good at. Well, that's fine. Go back to school. You can get school for free these days. Well, I don't know how. Really? You can get 75 different languages at your local community college. Walk in. You can learn to do anything at being, yes, it takes time, and nobody's going to pay you for it, and it stinks. That's right. Everybody did it. Listen, success always has the same price. You either pay it now or you pay it later. So just be clear, the jobs I'm going to point out to you are not designed to raise a family, but they are designed to give you purpose. I mean, imagine for the person who comes in every day or twice a week to the restaurant or the store, and you're the one person who smiles and says hello. You're the one person that acknowledges them and asks them how they're doing and look at them in their eye and not just the change that you're giving them back or the items that they're purchasing, right? Your eyes actually connect and you smile and you say hello. You might be the only person all day long that that person has any validation from. So the purpose could be different in all the different jobs. Let me tell you, if you're going to sit around in your home and think that the world is going to come to you, purpose is going to come to you, entertainment is going to come to you, I think you're wrong. Especially today, you don't live on a 50-acre farm out in the middle of the, the prairie where your whole, your whole world, your whole entertainment is you know what you can see out your front door. It's not the way it is anymore. Oh, I can't drive anymore. It doesn't matter. Get an Uber. You can go different places. But this is the same as when you were in school. You chose to go to school or not to go to school. Pay the price now, not pay the price. What is it? It's a choice. And that's the beauty. Right, The reason that the kid across the street had a bike every day is because there was one person, they had one child, and both mom and dad worked, and they had one only child, one son. In, my, in our home, dad worked, and mom worked part-time jobs, but her job was to take care of us four kids. A bigger job than, than working out in the street you know, or in the industry of whatever, but it just didn't pay. Add on top of that, my dad took in family members and helped others, so here he is at the tip of that spear pulling the, the entire train cars, and some helped a little bit and most did not. 
So Arif wanting a bicycle was so far down the list of of important things. Even at that time, I knew how incredible the things that were my, my parents were doing. So you need to understand that sometimes you don't to live the way you thought you were going to live when you were younger. But now, you know what? You're retired. There's nobody else counting on you. What do you do for fun? How do you have purpose? You can change. You always wanted to be an artist. Well, take art classes. Now, some of you were professionals and made a lot of money, did very well, had a lot of success, stature, titles, and by no fault of your own, the pandemic comes along, the overreaction from the state and certainly the, the local governments and the state governments, and now you're out of work, but you're 59 or 63, too early for you to collect Social Security the way you want. So how about being a consultant or go freelance or work 1099 is what it's called as an independent contractor. Give it a shot. Try working in, well, it doesn't receive benefits. That's right. You never want benefits. Oh, but Eric, listen, benefits, are it's like a prison, right? A prison without the bars. Benefits and retirement. If you're counting on a, on a job to give you retirement or benefits, you understand that you've given up a part of your freedom that is substantial. Because today you can handle all the benefits, all the retirement, everything that anything that you can get from a company, you can buy on your own. And yet you have the freedom that doesn't come with working a job that you hate, but you have to stay there eight more years in order to qualify for your pension. What are a miserable way to live the next eight years? If you reach retirement and you were forced out, look left and right and go, maybe I should just be grateful. Yes, you're going to have to adjust things. Everybody does. Now, some of you have a nice car. Some of you enjoy driving, right? Some of you enjoy being out and about and seeing different people and getting out of, a, of the four walls of an office. How about driving for Uber or Lyft or even Amazon? And if you're young enough and, and enjoy the hours that come with transport vans or buses or limousines, what an interesting experience that would be. Driving for UPS. I mean, these kinds of things can give you the opportunity to still be with people. How about an event staff person? Right? How many times have you gone to these wonderful charity fundraisers or these large events? Or you're a fan of music or theater and you can be a docent or you can be uh, an usher at some of these uh, uh, different performing arts centers. That's kind of fun, actually. You get to see theater productions. Listen, it's all about who you work with and who you work for. If you are work, work around people that are jerks, you're volunteering, guys. Just uh, quit. Go do something else. Right? If you were working at a place like this and you were counting on your food, shelter, clothing, your pension, your health care for your three children, and your, then you're stuck. You have to work with these, with these folks that you don't get along with. But now in retirement, you don't have to. That's kind of fun. Now, listen, some of you were born and raised in the area. You know it really well. You're very comfortable, very comfortable with the community. You know the ins and outs of the town. The, you're a foodie. You like to go out and eat. You like to... to go explore things. Have you thought about a, a hotel concierge, even a small town, even a small part of your area, a smaller hotel? And they can pay you very little because maybe that's all they can afford, especially now. Say, that's okay. I enjoy it. I'll be here when people have questions where they can ride bikes, where they can explore, where they can take pictures. How about bird watching? In other words, you will get to know that area very well and consider it maybe even a second career because there could be some good options. Look, here's another one. We've run across this all the time. When I talk about purpose and making a difference, it doesn't have to be on a grand scale. We've had clients who reached us out at triple eight ninety nine retire I'm going to give you that number again because sometimes I forget. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 
877-997-3847. Okay? Here's what we're finding. People are house sitters or caretakers of animals and pet sitters. Now, you're not changing the world, right? You're not going out there and inventing something as like Colonel Sanders did, right? Colonel Sanders created the whole Kentucky Fried Chicken idea. That's why there's all pictures of him, you know, older with a cane and with white hair, simply because he was older when he quit his other job or retired or was forced out. He was in his mid to late 60s. That's why there's only pictures of him as an older white-haired gentleman. Maybe you're not going to be that person who's going to change the world in, in fried chicken, but you can make an enormous difference to one or two people because just like you may have a pet, I have a dog who I think is the most incredible animal in the world, right? That's what you're supposed to do, just like you think your kids are the best. I have the best golden doodle. She's amazing. She's sweet. And when I'm out traveling or we're doing something, it's nice to know she's in good hands. Peace of mind. If you're good with animals, if you're a trustworthy person, you're worthy of trust for their pet. You're worthy of trust to have the keys to their home. People will pay that, pay for that. You get a different, kind of a different lifestyle. You get a chance to have some fun. You get a chance to be out and about. A lot of openings, a lot of job openings. Sometimes just spreading the word amongst your friends or your families. And somebody says, oh, you know what? My daughter has a, has a two cats that she just loves and adores, but she's going to be gone for three days and just needs somebody to check in with them just to make sure their food is there and everything is fine. Great. Or my son is going away for a weekend and needs somebody to stay at the house so that his dog is uh, who just had surgery. I mean, you get the idea, right? You can be the person who provides peace of mind and comfort and, and a calmness to one or two people. It doesn't have to be enormous. It doesn't have to change the world. But I did mention something that I think you need to understand, which is the retail version. Whether it's fast food restaurant or retail... The holidays, you know, certainly when they come up, you're going to see an, a massive amount of hiring. The brick and mortar world is changing. Nobody knows what's going to happen this holiday season as times are moving and shifting. I get it. But imagine if you're that person again. Maybe you're not going to move as fast as a younger person, but you're going to show up on time. You're not going to be having a fight with your boyfriend or showing in Monday morning drunk, right? A lot of young people still have those habits and issues that really frustrate employers, supervisors. And you can be the person, and again, maybe you're not going to be the fastest running around doing the job, but you will be reliable. And back to that word again, trustworthy. And imagine if you're that person who at the, the stress of the holidays and someone's coming in between work and picking up kids and dropping off, and they have to find that best gift but because you arrived early and you walked the floor, because you arrived early and you saw what was on sale, you could make recommendations, you could create an opportunity to help one or two people every day, every day. I remember the people that were very helpful when I was trying to find something for my wife. I remember the stores that I would go to where I didn't know we were newly married. I didn't know what kind of, what size she was. I mean, as weird as that is, I guess I just... I would just pick a sales lady and say, she kind of looks like you. What is your size? And I know it might sound a little creepy, but I never came across that way. I was still a Los Angeles policeman, so I had some, some credibility and some uh, understanding of that possibility. And I would say, 
look, I just don't know her size. Can you can you pick out items for me that you think would fit you? And of course, she would return some, and some were her style and some didn't. But the, the people that worked f- with me at those retail lo- locations really made my life a lot easier. And isn't it weird, 25 years later, I'm still talking about it. Do you see the difference you can make? You're not changing the world. You're not creating you know, the next Kentucky Fried uh, recipe or, or the cure for cancer. But you could be a substitute teacher. Maybe you have a bachelor's in a particular field of study and you've worked in it. Right? Today's engineers generally have to have a master's or a PhD. But there are engineers at Boeing and Lockheed that have a high school diploma. I know that's going to surprise you, but some of them are supervisors because they know what the heck they're doing better than anybody. And the degree, in their case, means almost nothing. And they have people working for them with master's degrees. And they're the chief engineer on a project. And they've worked there for 30 or 40 years. Well, sometimes it's time to go retire. Sometimes they're closing down that project. Sometimes the the industry that you worked in is no longer there. But you still feel like you could teach, maybe at a community college. Maybe you need a a bachelor's, maybe a master's. I don't know. But maybe you can take that and work as a substitute teacher for a small school district. Maybe you're somebody who has the energy to do it for just for two weeks. And then you're going to take two months off and travel, spend the money that you just made, a lot of fun. Then you're going to come back, work for two or three weeks, then take another trip. And you could be that person that fills in. A substitute teacher or an aide. Aides are generally more of a full-time. In other words, maybe it's three or four hours a day, but it's, it's not six weeks and then off. You're going to be working. But as much as I love our teacher clients, our educator clients, understand they still work about eight and a half months out of the year. It's the dirty secret, right? It used to be, and I'm going to tell you just this is between you and I. As a retired Los Angeles policeman, I can tell you this. It used to be you would be a police officer or a firefighter or a school teacher, and you would do so never because you were going to get rich. Never. That's not what it was about. It was because you liked the benefits. You wanted to serve people. It had a good pension. You could retire at a younger age. All of those things gave you the ability to work at that industry or that job and know that you weren't going to be paid as much as if you worked in the private industry, okay? I mean, we kind of knew it. Everybody knew it. It was the open secret. And then fast forward and we say, well, you know, teachers can't live on this much. And police officers and firefighters, they're our heroes. They are, true, all of that. Teachers are heroes. I get it. But we never took away the pension benefits. We never reduced the health care benefits in retirement. We never reduced... Uh, the the uh, workplace environment, meaning they still work eight and a half months out of the year and they make 60, 70, 80, 100,000 a year. That's a lot of money with full medical and full pension. I mean, mean, these are some big deals. Uh, I'm not saying they're valuable or not. I'm just talking from a math standpoint. It's going to be difficult to continue that forever. How how are you going to do that? Because these are people that that are going to live a long time. When I came on the police department, I could retire at age 41. Now, when you're 21, 41 is old. <laughs> but, but 
No, not for most people today. Realizing that that they're going to pay a pension for a 41-year-old that retired. It's a little different today. Now it's age 50. But at 41, you could retire. And you were going to collect a pension for the next 40 or 50 years. Somewhere that money, that the math has to be worked out, okay? It doesn't always work. All right, hey, here's another one. I love this career. Just because we happen to work closely with them. And, and I think there are very few good ones out there. If you have a propensity for math or you're an organized person, you have the ability to, to look at, at uh, numbers in the way that eh, most people don't. Right? Most people don't like math in high school or, or junior high or college. I don't mean calculus, but just regular math. Well, how about being a tax preparer? There are a lot of these tax preparation companies that have similar programs. They teach you how to uh, fill out the forms and be a seasonal tax and administrative person. H&R Block comes to mind, but there are plenty of others out there. There's a Hewitt organization. There's, there's a lot of them. Research seasonal tax professionals. And they have their own internal training classes and programs. And usually they're free. And they teach you how to prep, uh, prepare a, a tax return, how to ask the questions. And a good person in this field knows how to pull the dollars out, pull the information out. Because it's often the question that isn't asked that we'll never get an answer. Because most most people don't know what to, to do with their taxes. So I like tax prepare. All right, here's one of my favorites. Ready? I love it. You get to work at a resort. It gets away from the 9 to 5 routine. You can work near the beach or the mountains. Often it's seasonal. So we see this a lot with younger people and older people. It's like the the bookends of life. In the summer, they work up in Alaska. And in the winter, they work down in the Bahamas. Right? And they do that maybe a little bit in the jewelry stores industry. Maybe they work in the scuba industry. Maybe they work in uh, just the, the tour guiding industry. So you can do that. And it gives you a chance to move around. You make a little bit of money. Remember, you're not doing this to pay for your food, shelter, clothing, and raise six children. That's not the reason for this. That's why it's the bookends. That's why it's the 24-year-old and the 64-year-old. Because the people in the middle that have to raise families, that's where the careers come in. That's the value and the purpose of having a career and going to college and doing all the stuff that, that you and I think we're supposed to do, Right? That's part of it. We know that we're supposed to go out. We know that we're supposed to raise a family and be honorable and work hard, all of those things. But what I want you to do is to think about this behind the scenes. You're going to have to take care of you. I don't want you to think that you're going to get any kind of um, value or benefit from the government. The government is taxed way over, and I don't mean taxed as an income tax, they, they are, are pushing so far to their limits, state, city, county. Look, if you are expecting a pension from the state of California, and if what happens to the state of California is what I think is going to happen because it's a numbers game, now it's just a matter of how quick or how soon based on you know the, uh, the winds of political will. 
Are they planning on, are they going to dump a lot, a lot more money in California to make it live, if you will, another year or two? Or are they going to say enough is enough? We're not going to give the alcoholic another drink. We're not going to give the gambler another dollar. We're going to shut down any new money to the state of California. If that happens, then the state of California will start unwinding its obligations. Here's my fear, that it will be a domino effect across the country. And I don't think Wall Street will like it. Just my thought, possible prediction. I'm just a math guy. One plus one is two. You've heard me say that. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's magic with Gavin Newsom that can create one plus one into six. Maybe. But why I don't want you to walk through this part of life naive, because if you find yourself living fairly close to your retirement numbers, you know, you're... You're happy, you're living, life is good, everything is, and something occurs. And we don't have money set aside for emergencies. We don't have money out of the market that's in safety. We don't have that protection. Then your lifestyle in retirement is just subject to whatever happens in Sacramento or Washington. Or Wall Street decides to do with your retirement account. Your 401k in the market goes up and down, up and down. That's important to understand that... Wall Street never loses. You understand they charge a fee whether you make money or not. Your broker makes a living whether your account goes up or down. You lose money in your retirement account, you are not allowed to write it off on your taxes. I don't make those rules. I'm just telling you that's what happens. But your broker in Wall Street always wins. That's different than us. Our job is to protect your principal, to grow it with reasonable rates of return, and to get yourself an opportunity to have reasonable, reliable retirement income. Throughout retirement, having it grow, have your retirement income increase to keep up with inflation, which may be coming down the road. I don't think anytime soon, but it could be. But it's okay. We've got a backup plan for that. I'm Arif Hallaby, TFS Financial Insurance Services, Total Financial Solutions. This is the Total Financial Hour. Arif Hallaby, 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. Thanks for being with me. We'll talk to you soon. See you next week on AM870, The Answer. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arif Hallaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do.